0: Can you believe it is episode three already? Welcome to episode three. Holy shit of the Screaming Idiots show. Welcome. I want to thank each and every one of you um, for the level of streams that episode two got. in one day had a huge day one. Um, To put a little context on that episode two got the same amount of streams in one day that episode one got in a week and we added five new states in which we were being streamed in and that is fucking awesome and we want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys is that uh with without you guys we wouldn't have a podcast so i know from from myself tyler Preston all of us uh thank you guys so much yeah
1: so, thank you guys yeah definitely yeah. It, it it makes us uh makes us real motivated to keep doing this and this is fun it's it's a blast and the interaction that you guys
0: give with us or have with us is is incredible i mean we just went on uh went live on TikTok for about 30 minutes and had some incredible interaction with with some of you guys that have been listening to the podcast and some that haven't listened to it at all but are going to now so uh if it wasn't for you guys we would not be doing this so let's jump right into this this open segment and and tyler you you kind of teed off what, what we're going to talk about here, real quick, and and the fact of you know all this interaction. If it wasn't for you guys, we we wouldn't keep going. But we we've gotten so much great feedback and and so many uh, positive reactions that we've got some big news, and there is some some big things coming on the horizon for for us in this podcast. And I want to start with I'm I'm sure you guys have noticed that we. We changed our logo a little bit. Um, You know, the first one that we did was just kind of something we threw together real quick because you got to have something to to put on there when you upload a new podcast. And and it wasn't really what we were going for. So we did a little redesign, and I'm sure you guys have noticed that now. And the more we sat there and looked at it, we thought, yeah, that's great for right now. But is that really what we want this podcast to be? And then we started thinking, is this just going to be a podcast or is this going to be a brand? And that thought came from a lot of listeners, you guys out there reaching out to me or Tyler or Preston and saying, Hey, have you guys ever thought about doing merch? Do you guys have a website? Asking certain questions like that got us thinking. Is this just going to be a podcast or is this going to be bigger than that? And the three of us have always done everything to the fullest extent that we can. We don't half ask anything. So, with that being said, we are in the process of having a full blown badass graphic designer working on our new and final logo and rebranding that we will be stapling to this show and everything that we do from here on out. And I'm not going to not going to talk about too much what it's going to look like. We have an idea, but we still don't know exactly how it's going to come out, but it is going to be fucking awesome and it will it will really you know, envelop who we are yeah. as people and who this show, you know, what this show is and is going to be. Um, And with that comes things like a new website that we're in the process of working on. And also the merch piece, because we've had several people ask, Hey, if you have a t-shirt line, I would wear that. And we're like, that's metal as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because we would wear it too. I love it. So once this new logo gets designed, we're gonna start cranking out, you know, some some merch for you guys. And we hope that you you are interested in and in, in wearing it and representing, you know, the brand that is the Screaming Idiots show, not just the podcast. Um we we wanna take this as far as it'll go. And you know, we're not in this for making money. We're in this for bringing music, building a community, especially, you know, hard rock and heavy metal music, because the the brotherhood and I I talked, we've talked about this on earlier shows and I had uh, some people, you know, on TikTok mention I love how you talked about the brotherhood of metal and that's exactly what it is. And that's what we're trying to do with this show. It's about bringing this type of music. To anyone who's willing to listen because it is so special. And we we have such a deep passion for it. So be on the lookout for that. The new website, the new logo, merch, all of that. And you guys will get details as we develop this stuff. So we won't keep you in the dark. I promise you that. We're also (coughs) working on, this is going to sound cheesy, a theme song. Yes, we are working on writing a theme song for the show that we can play. At the beginning, at the end, in the middle, wherever we want, without having to worry about infringing on some other band's copyright because we don't want to get sued. (laughs) So, a lot of big things coming down the pipeline. I don't want to spend any more time on this, but I just wanted to give you guys something to think about and look forward to. So, moving on, let's talk about Screaming Evidence and
1: what is next for you guys as a band. Yeah, so, I mean... I think in order to really talk about what's next for the band, have to sort of discuss a little bit of where we've been, how far we've come. Um what are you shaking your head for? Okay, okay, we're gonna keep going. Um <laughs> technical difficulties apparently. Hey, you have those at shows too, right? So. Yeah, we are not new
2: to this, but the podcast side we're definitely new to it. So it's.
1: yeah, so we're trying trying some video and uh, Kyler shit in the bed. <laughs> he is scrambling over here, y'all. Scrambling,
0: yeah. So uh, we we that's an epic <coughs> fail. This is this is growing pains that come with uh, a new podcast. I was attempting to record this for YouTube
1: and my phone is not wanting to cooperate, so we'll we'll, we'll work on that Continue. yeah we, we will work on that, so I guess you know for screaming evidence um we've been we've been using the name now for probably twelve years, and so yep. um you know screaming evidence the the name came from Sean. Uh, he he's the one that came up with the name. And we were back in high school. So I was in 10th grade. Um, Sean was a senior living in a, a house of his own with, with a buddy of ours, uh, Robbie. And his house was just the place to go where we would jam. And I'd be there on school nights even. We'd be up until 3, 4 in the morning just jamming. And that was our life, you know, at, at that time. And we were writing songs. I mean, I'd stay up with Sean way later than I am really capable of. <laughs> and we we would just be writing music and I didn't have a lot of uh influence on the lyrics or anything like that. That was that was more Sean, but um <clears throat> I played a lot of the guitar and there was a lot of nights where I would sit there and play the same part over and over for hours so this dude could write lyrics to it. And so we came, you know, Sean came up with this name, Screaming Evidence, and it started with just me and Sean on acoustic guitars. And you could still go back on YouTube and and find some of those videos of us, these little high school kids, just just jamming on these acoustics. And I remember... Hurley shirts and baggy shorts. And I remember the first night uh, we posted stuff on YouTube. So, YouTube was just like this thing that was catching on, and people were realizing that you can upload your own content. And this was back in the MySpace days, too. So, we posted a few videos, and we were, we stayed up all night recording these videos, trying to get a perfect take. <laughs> and it was miserable, dude. We were in his basement just jamming for like eight hours straight, trying to get a few videos. Um, to post and we post these videos and we s- that next day we spent the whole day on his family computer you know the desktop and we're just hitting people up on myspace like hey check this out check this <laughs> out and we had like a hundred plus views on each video within the first day and we were so fucking juiced and it was the coolest feeling in the world we thought we were amazing and we really weren't but (laughs) but but the people thought the songs were cool and they they liked it and so you know from there we ended up meeting scotty and um another guy that we played uh played with and these guys were older so scotty's like 10 years older than me and
2: do the listeners know who scotty and sean are
1: yeah so so scotty is the drummer um you know, we started playing with them, and that's that's when we really took it to electric guitars. And we took some of these songs that we had written and put them on the electric, and that's kind of what we started with. And as a group, we started writing other songs um, more in that setting. And so, immediately, you've seen a shift in <laughs> the sound and the type of writing of the music. And, you know, Fast forward several years, I go off to the Navy hiatus. Um, oh yeah, Navy. Yeah. While I was in the Navy, so do you guys remember Skype? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So well, back,
0: Skype, Skype was just the OG Zoom. Yeah, and yeah. so
1: <laughs> the quality was terrible. Audio quality was ter- terrible. Video was terrible, and the lag was atrocious. And so I remember sitting sitting on my computer while I'm down uh, where I was stationed, and I'm sitting on the computer with Sean on, on uh, Skype, and he's showing me these songs that he's writing. And I'm trying to learn these songs <laughs> through Skype, and I tell you, it was hard. <laughs> and right. we tried to play right. the songs together, and it, it just didn't work. And... So there was like this different shift in the the sound and the songwriting of, of the music for Screaming Evidence. And when I got back from the Navy, Sean and Scotty had linked up for about a year and were jamming again. And so I come back into this thing where they had started writing some, some other songs. Um, I was trying to learn them, some someone's Skype. And then also when... I actually got back. I had to quickly learn new songs, and within a few months of being back, we were playing shows again.
0: Yeah, it came on you quick.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I sounded dirty. Yeah, it, did. it came on you quick. But um, oh. from from there, there's you know another shift in the the songwriting and the style and the sound. And for the past seven years, we have we have been further developing that sound further developing the songwriting and we have probably 30 maybe 40 original songs that we've cycled through some that we play some that we don't um there's a lot that we don't play anymore there was a lot of songs that we wrote and just didn't really do anything with or they just really really weren't that great um or we just couldn't figure out how to finish it and so they just kind of died out and the the kind of final step is when we added Preston. And so since Preston's been on board, we have this other guitarist with a completely different influence than what Sean and I had, and his being more metalcore, we've seen how our style has again changed.
0: Evolved, really.
1: Right. And so we're at this point now where we have some decisions to make and there may be some, some difficult decisions we have to make. Um, but really it's, it's coming down to the stuff that we're writing now is so far beyond what we were writing 12 years ago, 10 years ago, even seven years ago. It is, it is so far beyond that. And, the problem is we're because we're putting so much more effort into writing the songs, into making sure that they are of the highest quality that we can possibly come up with. We're being more intentional with the parts rather than, you know, Sean bringing a guitar part and some vocals and then everyone just kind of do what they feel is right. Whether it's right or wrong. Right. right. (laughs) And, uh, so we're being more intentional. We're taking more time with writing the songs. We're not just going with the first thing that sounds good to go with it. And, you know, we we have several songs that we're still finishing. But because that style has changed so much and because the sound is starting to change so much, it's almost like, do we abandon a lot of the songs that we don't play anymore? And do we decide to, like, take down the music that we have up, reproduce what we like from that, what still fits with us, and then also produce a new album with the new songs that we've been writing, and then put that out there as well, and... You know, part of the that dilemma too is just, you know, the recording quality. You know, yep. if anybody has listened to this podcast and then went and listened to Screaming Evidence, you'll notice as far as quality of recording goes, it's not much different than most local bands that, yep. that you may listen to. And so it's not this thing that would pop up randomly in your, itunes shuffle or something like that that you would just be blown away by and so we also have to make that decision do we scrap all this old stuff and really put a ton of focus into writing something new putting together new albums and putting those out there and making them as legit as fucking possible so that we actually stack up against other up-and-coming artists and not so much looking like a local band like we always have.
0: Yeah, and I think you guys are going through what every band does. And what I mean by that is, if you notice, almost every band of prominence goes through not necessarily a genre change, but a a difference in style. And I'll use one of my all-time favorite bands as an example, you know, Bullet For My Valentine, right? So they are what I consider one of the pioneers of modern-day metalcore. And their first several albums were similar in style. You know, a lot of different songs and whatnot, but very similar in style. Tone was different on each album, blah, blah, blah. But their last two, three, really, have been considerably different. Mm-hmm. And shifting away from that traditional metalcore vibe, if you will, and getting into a more—I don't know exactly how to describe the exact refined, feel yeah, sound. refined. Um, not touchy feely, but just they're—they're they're a lot different than those past couple albums, and. You guys, as screaming evidence, are kind of in the middle of that right now, where it's you're having you, you know you've got to have these internal discussions of hey, where do we go from here and I think you you put it perfectly, Tyler, when you said you know when you added Preston, it brought a whole different dynamic into the band, and you guys have been adapting to that in a good way, and now you're trying to figure out oh man. You know, some of this shit that, that Preston's writing or is inspired by or whatnot is is really cool. And I think that started when Preston started writing his own parts into songs you guys had already
1: written. Yep. And there's songs that Preston brought, like uh, Cadence. So if anyone's come to one of our live shows in the last two years, they would have heard Cadence. And that song is fucking it's a jam.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that
1: was something that Preston wrote and then Sean wrote lyrics to it. I wrote a bass part to it. Um and and Scotty put the drums in and it just all the pieces came together very well and it's it's a great song. And that was kind of the first song that that Preston had a huge influence in writing because up to that point most of the songs I was learning he was he was learning and these songs they were already some written to yeah, yep. and that, you were adding some some sweet layers layers to them, and I remember sitting in this garage with you for fucking hours, hours. teaching you the yep. the rhythms to the songs. Um, and at that point, I had been playing the bass for a couple of years, mm-hmm. so I'm like trying to relearn these fucking songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a, yeah, and then teach you. Yeah, and then. There was a few of the newer songs that we had written as a three-piece, you know, again, to that style change when we were a three-piece for a while. We wrote a few songs that were very new metal feel. mm mm-hmm. um, And then you came in and added some some layers to them that were just fucking great. And, and so I guess I would really like to hear your take on... You know where you see the band going from here?
2: Yeah, so I'm. I think I'm coming up on. Has it been five years? Five years? Five years since Four, I've five, been in the band. I want to say. If I th- I'm, I think I sound around like, five years. Yeah. Um. So of course, the first year and a half, maybe even two years, um, was me learning the band's older songs or songs that were developing at the time, and. Maybe adding some pieces to, adding some layers to, but in between me learning those songs, we also, we like to jam together. Right. So I, Scotty being another quote unquote metalhead of the group, me and him would sit here and I would write a riff and we would just go nuts to these specific riffs um, and try to introduce it to you and Sean as well to see how we can make an actual, a, a real song out of mm-hmm. it. And with us just messing around, it felt as if right then we all noticed maybe a little bit of a style change. Um, And with that, as time has gone on, I don't know the word to describe the style change by any means, Um, but at the same time, maybe a slightly heavier feel. Slightly more intricate feel. Um, but with that, uh, no, it's it's been really cool. As of late, I just, I hope we get all these new songs together and people get an idea of the, the new style that we're after or it's, that's being created, whether we realize it or not.
0: Yeah, because you, you don't want to, and you guys have always been, hey, we don't want to be just like every other metal band out there, right? We want to be unique and be inventive and and have our own unique sound and feel and not be a cookie-cutter band.
1: Well, here's the thing. Screaming Evidence did not start as a metal band. Correct. We were hard rock at best, and a lot of that's because of the songs that Sean and I started with, bringing them from acoustic songs to electric songs and changing from full chords to bar chords and things like that you know when we first were playing it was very much um like same <laughs> same stuff i mean it was it was
2: strummed out chords strummed out
1: chords strummed out verses yeah. um the only metal element we had was Scotty and this other guy that was playing guitar um that was with the band for a little while and so we had this metal feel to us because of the the drum part Scotty would have and then um everything else was was very rock and up until probably recently 90% of the songs that we have written as a band started on the acoustic guitar yeah like Sean and I wrote the riff on an acoustic and then we moved it to electric and so we were definitely writing some heavy ass riffs for like breakdowns and things like that, but it was never really intended to be metal. But we did have a heavy new metal influence with like Corn and Deftones and you know bands like that. And then also, we were very influenced by hard rock bands like Seether, Breaking Benjamin, Chevelle, Smile Empty Soul, Smile Empty Soul, things like that. Incubus, I mean, Incubus. We we played a lot of Incubus uh, on the acoustic guitars. You know what I mean? Um, Shout out Incubus, baby. They jam. But like, we were never really intended to be metal, and that actually has caused issues for Scotty because, you know, Scotty's always asking us for some, some heavier shit. And we've had to have these conversations with Scotty, like, look, man, that's just not what the band is. And when we added Preston, I feel like Scotty walks in the room with a boner he had a he had there was two of him he had two voices yeah so when like in between songs or before practice while we're still waiting on sean because you know the singer's always late singer's always late and it's not even fashionable anymore but he just he just walks Sorry, in Sean,
0: that was those guys not me hey I'll, I'll
1: stab at sean all day that dude shows up late in sweatpants and fucking slip on and still socks fucking on, jams and yep. then doesn't say a word just just shows <laughs> just up plugs, plugs the his shit in, in. And, just and then just starts this going i haven't yeah. i haven't had a yeah. conversation with sean in, in four years he just shows up, jams, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like fucking Axl Rose. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, Scotty now has uh, another metalhead. Preston will just riff around, and and Scotty will throw some shit together. And we've written some some songs out of some of that just playfulness. And that's, dude, that's the fun part of writing music is is Fuck how yeah, playful dude. it it can be. And we're just kind of dicking that's the around, in it. dude. And, I
0: still play the same riffs that I dicked around
1: with ten years ago,
0: because you remember that shit when you're just pricking around.
1: And and one thing I would love to to hear, and I, I I've heard Preston talk about it briefly, but I've never really heard him go deep on this. So, Preston, first band you've played with? Yep. When you came to us. You admitted that you had issues with putting together songs. You you love yep. putting riffs together, yep. but you never really thought about putting putting them together as songs. And how would you say you have developed in the four years that you've been in the band around being a a, a songwriter rather than just a, a musician, just a guitar player, a guitar writer?
2: Yeah. So, um, that was a very hard part for me to um it was a hard experience just because it was once i started running around hanging out in the garage with you guys and watching you jam it was finally i had a group of people that i could jam with um didn't have a a group of guys that i really other than kyler of course me and him grew up playing guitar yeah um you know,
0: teaching each other how to play guitar yeah, man teach, teaching each other how to play the guitar our parents used to cart us around to each other's houses we would just
1: jam <laughs> all weekend long that yeah. oh, stra- you that. had you had a parent to drive you around yeah, yeah. that's nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. not that my parents weren't there look I would have to daddy wasn't there I would carry my acoustic guitar in it's case from one end of town to the other end of town <laughs> that's just to meet as up as with fuck. Sean cause, cause Sean will be like hey bro come over and jam I'm like but Bro, that's it's hot out. <laughs> but and he's like, like cigarettes. And Sean's got this weird power of persuasion. He can convince he you to do anything. If if you know he who else if he that? set out you motherfucker, <laughs> I don't know about that. But he, uh, if he really was was set on watching you fucking elephant, he could convince you to fucking elephant. <laughs> like this dude, I, I'd be like, dude, it is hot. It is a hundred and five degrees outside, and you want me to walk across town. Carrying his fucking guitar, and he's like, "Yep." and I mean, and just, you did it, didn't you? And I did it. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. You were you no, guys Sean, were jamming. She,
2: in case y'all don't know, Sean is a very interesting creature, and you'll find out at some point. It's not even the God human. bless his wife. <laughs> she is a sweetheart. Yeah, she, she is.
1: She, oh me, me and Shay got some got some history. <laughs> she, we're like brother and sister, and um, I've I've given her a couple of heart attacks i'm pretty sure i you yeah so You're i guess to get
2: slightly back on topic um no it was cool and it was it was a neat experience at the time and i was not a songwriter going into it by no means was i a songwriter i would sit here and write riffs all day long but i could never put together a song and I've told you, Tyler, several different times, and I've had conversations with other people, but the best thing I ever did for myself as a musician was start playing with a band because it made me understand how things come together, Um whether it's starting with the drums and a guitar riff or it's starting with the bass, or Sean has a line of vocals that he wants to roll with. Um But as time has went on, we talk about this shift or this change. What I think has been really cool for us, it feels like all all of our personal influences are finally starting to come together. Um, and I'm sure ten years down the road, five years down, however many years, we'll say that again. But the Incubus feel, the deft tones feel, the Super Smile Empty
1: Soul their... All that stuff that that was there in the beginning. Yeah. Scotty's very much into those new metal bands. He's a maggot. I mean he's yeah. got he's got yeah. the Slipknot tattoo on on yep. his calf. Yep. Um, you know that's that's his influence. And when Metalcore is first coming out, he was jamming the. I mean, he was playing to uh, Kill Switch and yep. um, Bullet for My Valentine. Mm-hmm. Bullet was one of the the heaviest bands I listened to. Uh, when I was 16, because that's when we met Scotty and them, and that's what he was listening to, was that metalcore stuff. And, you know, he he's bringing all that flavor in there with the metal drums. Um, you're bringing the metalcore. Mm-hmm. I just, man, I just groove. And that's, what, that's <laughs> just groove. Yeah. That's what I think is so
2: cool right now, is it feels like there's this, in the verses of our songs or maybe the bridges of our songs there's a specific groove that you may not hear in um say a metal song but there's also these parts throughout the song that make you want to kick somebody's door down mhm um and then i feel i do feel as if things have gotten a little more aggressive as time has gone on but we've also delved into some ambient spacier Groovy stuff as well, and it's yeah, it feels like it's finally not finally starting to come together, but we're it feels like we're kind of all on the same wavelength as of late, yeah, as well. So, no, I'm extremely excited. Um, we have like six new songs that are still not finished, but each one is different, completely different, I would say. Oh, yeah, but I think it encapsulates us as a band,
1: yeah. I mean, a really It shows the progress, and that's that's what I've loved about the band, and why I could never leave the band, because Screaming Evidence isn't just this band that popped up and is throwing some songs together and playing some live shows, and after, you know, a couple of years, members start disliking each other, or life gets in the way, so, you know, a member leaves, and then it just cycling through members until the band just gives up and that's what i see a ton with local local bands i've seen several local bands that had really good music and and maybe a really good shot to do something they just couldn't fucking stay together mhm and we have really was, withstood the test of time particularly um sean scotty and myself and i will say you were the greatest addition to that core that that we were really missing and and i'd say part of that was me kind of swallowing some pride Mm -hmm. because i always wanted to be the guitarist
2: (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) that
1: that's what i wanted to do and i switched to bass out of necessity for
2: the
0: band, for
1: the band, and you the have band. always said that
0: like it yes. was, it was, it was a move. It was a
1: selfless move for the band. It was, yeah, because
2: that was before I got. I, that was
1: so before, sick before I was of of dealing with with different uh, musicians and anyone that is a musician and trying to put together bands and and actually play shows and stuff. Know how difficult it is to find dedicated musicians that will actually show up, and then. Be fucking sober when they're here. (laughs) But also creative
2: and talented as well.
1: And so we had this issue where we... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. (laughs) Mm. So we had this issue where we couldn't couldn't find a bass player that was both good and sober. (laughs) And I was like, well, I can do both. And so I started playing bass, and, and when we first started playing with, like, Scotty and that other dude, I actually started as the bass player um, just so that I can, you know, stay with the project. And I later went back to playing guitar, and the first album we really put out, I I was playing the guitar on that. Yeah. And what I would do is I would when we first got together, I would play some songs with the guitar and then some songs with the bass until we found a bass player. And then I would sit in this fucking garage with somebody for hours and hours and hours on end, teaching them the bass and either they couldn't do it or they wouldn't do it because they weren't fucking sober enough to pay attention to what the fuck I was teaching them. Or there was a combination of things where like they, they wouldn't, come to shows prepared, they were using my fucking equipment. Um, there was just, it was hell. And I told the guys after we we kicked the last guy out, I was like, I'm just going to play the bass, we're going to be a three-piece, and we're going to fucking deal with it. Right. I said, I'm not dealing with any new members because I'm the one that has to teach them everything. I'm not fucking doing it anymore, we're going to be a three-piece. And that's what we did for years. And then Preston started coming around and he just... Without any kind of push, he was asking to learn the songs. And for me, after he showed up to a few practices and then he was starting to ask me the riffs and, and how to play them, I was like, well, this I've dude seen, actually gives a shit. I've seen this dude play. he's He can write some killer riffs. I can see that he can play. I'm I'm really confident that if we brought him in the band... He seems like a better lead guitarist than me, so it would make more sense to have him be the lead guitarist. I would just have to teach him a lot of shit with our songs. I'm comfortable on the bass. We'll just we'll just run it, and I talked to the other guys about adding and pressing on, and they were cool with it. They didn't give a fuck, to be honest. Scotty loved it. Scotty was like, "Hell yeah, man! <laughs> bring him he help." You know, it's well, yeah, it was, I don't when know. You're
0: help, the only guitarist. Yeah. There is zero fucking room for error in a live show.
2: Well, and I think Scotty was in this mundane state just because. Oh, did you
1: say
0: Scotty or Sean?
2: Well, Scotty. well, Sean. Yeah, both
1: sorry. of them were, were were really cool about it, but both of them also knew that it was going to be me that was going to teach you. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were like, right, it doesn't hurt us at all. So <laughs> you know, but yeah. you know, since then it's been it's been awesome having you on, man. And appreciate that. You know, watching the style change and being able to, you know, like we were dealing with earlier, I'm able to envision a riff or direction for a song and you and I are able to communicate on a way, in Mm -hmm. a way that you can bring it to life when I can't. Yeah. And that's pretty fucking awesome too, because I just, I don't play enough guitar. I'm not good enough at guitar to really put the, the riffs that I think of in my head onto the guitar all the time. And so you being someone that can really not always. helps. Not always, but we, we come up with it. And being able to have the, the two guitarists that are very uh, competent on the guitar and they're not just one of these guys that can only play fucking chords yeah. and strum a little bit. Two guys that can really play guitar. Sean can play guitar and sing really well. And so we're able to add the layers to the music that we need to be more interesting than what we have been in the past. And I think that was a very important change in our our music and our writing style. And, you know, so when we talk about what's next for Screaming Evidence, it's very much we're in the process of writing songs that... are on a different level than what we have dealt with in the past. They are much more difficult to play. They are much more difficult to put together. They're going to be much more difficult to record. But the end result is going to be more along the lines of something that will stack up against other up-and-coming artists and actually give us a chance to do something with the music. And we just have to come up, we have to decide you know, what we're going to do from here on the business side of things to really make something happen. And I think a big part of that has been adding press into the band.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess to close that portion of it out, cause I know we want to move on to the other parts of the show. Um, I've from fans and listeners, I've heard several different comparisons. Cause you always want to compare that sound to somebody it's human else. Issue. You're going to compare yeah. to somebody else. Yep, um, in your for the listeners, in case they were interested in going and listening to us, hopefully, when the new stuff comes out. And no, we don't have a timetable on that as of now. But what would you describe our new sound or direction as, if there was a comparison? Because I have, mine. I would
1: say to compare it to a a sound or a style, you would have to say multiple bands, just yeah. because of the way we've drawn influence from multiple bands. So we still have some of that core element with the Breaking Benjamin, Seether, um, some of the Incubus. And and I say Incubus because I pull a lot of my influence with how I play the bass off of what I heard in Incubus. And Sean has been compared to that guy, their lead vocalist so many times. I don't know people's names, so I just... Lead singer for Incubus. Sean sounds like you, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we, we've seen developments in, in me being able to bring some of the screaming element, and I sound a little bit more towards the Norma Jean mm-hmm. side. I'm more nowhere raw. near the, the screamer that dude is because it'll take me 10 years to get to that level. But... um you know, more along those lines rather than where we started. More of like a punk, just yeah, thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so you still have some of that core element. I would also say we bring, we bring in some of the <clears throat> metalcore riffage, like the. Um, like the Polaris, and Wage War, like Moss Flames, and stuff like that mm-hmm. through your guitar. Mm-hmm. And Scotty's still bringing in those metal um, drum parts. And we also have some of that ambient stuff going, kind of like Mood Ring or Deftones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. A lot of underlying like shit. Yeah. So, yep.
2: Kyler, what would you say?
0: Yeah, so I mean the the evolution, right? So when you think about, and,
2: and frankly, you haven't heard a lot of the new stuff as of yeah. Lately. So
0: the brand new stuff, I haven't heard a lot of outside of a few riffs, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, when you think about how, and and I want to do this quick so we can so we can move on here, but the the style change it, it has been very apparent, and you go from the very you know hard rock feel to putting in some unclean vocals and then you add Preston and you start adding some melodic riffage and a lot of underlying solos in a verse or a chorus that, you know, completely changes the sound and feel to a song. And as you guys have progressed and, and, you know, Sean is starting to kind of, you know, we were sitting here before we recorded the pod and you're playing a riff that Sean wrote that if you wouldn't have told me any different, I'd have thought you wrote it Yeah, because it sounds just like your style. And I'm like, damn, that sounds like something we would have played ten years ago together. Yep. Granted it's, it, it was something that I it would have taken me a cords, week to learn how to play. But. It's made up of
2: chords that Sean wouldn't have played three years ago. Correct. So there is definitely right. an
0: evolution of the band and and a growth of of each individual member into different comfort zones, right? And that is that is all part of adapting and becoming a more um mature band, if you yeah. will. And and yes. I don't mean mature in the sense of literal maturity, but I mean in the sense of open-mindedness and, and willingness
1: to adapt and music has matured. Yeah. And
0: do some things different and understand, Hey, we cannot keep doing the same thing. If we want to get better, you guys not only want to make good music, but you want to become better, well-rounded, more in-depth musicians. So your songwriting has reflected that. And I think that fans of the band have noticed that. and and I know they have, I I, I, I promise you they have. Yep. And new listeners can go back through your catalog of music and which is all available anywhere. You want to hear your music and, and (laughs) quick little plug, be a part. Oh, I'm always going (laughs) to plug the band and, and be a part of that, that journey and that growth and understand what we're saying, what we've been talking about for the past half an hour, because it's very apparent when you listen to the music. So I think you guys described that perfectly. And I think there's a lot of good things on the horizon for screaming evidence. And, you know, it goes hand in hand with what we talked about about our show and and the mm-hmm. business side of it and it's a it's a growth journey and there's growing pains and um you learn through failures and just like us trying to video record this motherfucker tonight and my phone's <laughs> like storage <laughs> is full well all right i'll guess i'll just go fuck myself
2: yeah i think so, uh, to close it out mm-hmm. um I think the coolest part of this podcast, thus, well, not the coolest, but one part of this podcast is it's a way to keep us accountable. Right. As Screaming Evidence. You guys have been very
0: vulnerable about things. If we're going to mention Screaming
2: Evidence Mm -hmm. on this show, we need to be doing some work on the back end. Well,
0: let's be fair. The name of this podcast came from a parody name of the band. that Tyler, your grandmother refers to your band as the, the band, screaming idiots as the screaming idiots so this podcast in in essence is somewhat of an extension not only because two members of the band are co-hosts and we will have all members as guests in the future but this podcast is meant to be you know an area where you guys can get vulnerable and be honest with each other about the band and where you know you feel like you can improve where you have succeeded where you have failed all of the above, and it's it's just a great opportunity to put it out there in the open, yeah, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and and no, this isn't this isn't just a podcast to plug the band and get you guys that are listening to this show Not to listen all. to the music. Not at all. It is a, it is an opportunity for these two guys to put it all on the table, be honest with each other, and 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 keep
1: moving forward with their with the band. Well, it's it's like this. I mean, if you consider all musicians out there, we're we're relating with the ninety yeah. percent. Oh, absolutely. Only, absolutely, 10, only maybe ten percent are are out there really doing it for a living and really making something of themselves. They're very few and, so and far between. We we relate with the ninety percent mm-hmm. that's trying to get to that point and you know, maybe some life circumstances gotten in our way to where we haven't really pushed that hard um in that arena. But I mean, for every musician, it's it's the same dream, you know, being able to do music for a living. And, you know, with with Screaming Evidence, it's it's always been about the product, you know, mm-hmm. in, in business terms. We we've always been very heavy on the product being the music. And even with this podcast, I mean I was I was really kind of questioning. I'm like, what is it about this podcast that that people seem to be liking cuz we keep hearing the same thing. It's relatable. Um, you know, people are loving the discussions it's that we're having to the topics, um the content within the the topics. And really it, it comes down to a simple concept. How many true music fans out there? don't have someone that they can talk to deeply about the music, music they listen to yes, yes. because if let's i didn't be have honest, you
0: two and and or
2: a couple and other guys and we have a circle? top
0: we have a top i'm sorry press enemy no control, you're good but we have a topic coming up that's really going to touch on that because you know and we'll get to it in heavy metal hot takes but you know metalheads largely for years have been shunned Okay. For several reasons and we'll get to it. It's going I mean, you guys hang on tight. We're going to get to a good topic. This is actually from a TikTok fan. I I shouldn't say fan. A follower and a listener of the show that that recommended this topic, but we'll get to it. So, um, you know, we we believe that us as metalheads have for years been labeled as, you know, in a way Preston you said it best, outcast. So, you know, we created this podcast from the idea of we don't want to just build a podcast. We want to build a brand community. that stands as a community yep. for the brotherhood of hard rock and heavy metal music. And in a way I feel and like And all some... there in between. Exactly. And yeah. it's not yeah, cuz we're fans of all types of music, yeah. but you know, we feel that this show is that that vessel yep. by which we we come together as a community of of music fans. To really discuss what it is that, because I know I speak for all three of us when I say that other than our family and, and our friends, music is the most important thing in our life. Yep. And yep, I know a lot of you guys and gals out there listening to this right now feel the exact same way. And I want you all to know, I'm going to get a little emotional here, I want you all to know that this is the quote unquote safe space for you to come and listen and feel feel important and accepted and 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 know that you are not the only ones out there that feel so passionate about the music that you care about and and how it impacts and changes your life because there are so many bands and songs and albums out there
2: for some that have, people it's all they
0: have that man. have literally changed our fucking lives yes and yep. that you know we are all musicians we all play instruments we all you know i, I i'm obviously not in a band or anything but i, I play guitar every day i'm 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 a quote unquote i say I know I say that a lot,
1: quote unquote but
0: a uh, musician um in a way and and i- it's my escape, it's my passion, yep. it's your guys' escape and passion. I know a lot of you listen feel the same way, so that's where this show was created out of is to 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 provide a space for this community to come together and interact and talk about music and and feel like you're a part of something, and we want all of you guys out there listening to feel like you are a part of the show because you are we hear you. We we want all of your interaction and 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 suggestions and requests and feedback because we are a community we are a brotherhood a sisterhood and it, it's all one big group of yep. passionate people absolutely mic drop absolutely <laughs> it's got me hyped so yeah man so I know and, I just, and these <laughs> are
2: conversations we have on a daily basis. And we were finally... We've we, had it. And we, we've had but, these conversations. But not, like, everybody,
0: but not everybody gets to have those conversations. Exactly. Because not not everybody has this kind of friend group, right? That, right. that gets yep. together and plays music together and yep. writes music together and, and just spends every day in a group chat talking about music and yep. dissecting music yep. because it's one of the biggest things in our life. Yep. So, and, and the people that are listening to this, they think, oh man, that's cheesy. This isn't the show for you. Exactly. And but i know that the people that have made it this far into the show episode 3, you know, 45 minutes in, you guys don't feel that way. You don't feel that it's fucking cheesy. You you're like, "Fuck, I relate to that shit, man. I feel that." And that's why we have this show. So, thank you all so much for being a part of this community with us. Because it's that's exactly what it is. It's a fucking community, and you guys are the best. So, that was a great open segment. I think we talked about a lot of awesome things that are on the horizon for not only the 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 podcast and the, the brand that is the Screaming Idiots that we're building, but also Screaming Evidence, you know, and, and the brand and direction you guys are are trying to build and um I think there's a lot of really good things in the future for both of those elements. So,
2: yeah, definitely.
0: All right. So now we're going to move on to, you know, kind of the uh main theme of of this show outside of the open segment and this came from not just us you know the three of us talking together um actually you know over 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 dinner about uh you know hey what what are we going to talk about but you know i had a a follower on tiktok who is a really what i consider you know a, a good friend now him and i have had uh, quite a quite a few discussions over the past couple weeks um my buddy over at Metalcore Highlights on TikTok. His handle is at Metalcore Highlights. He mentioned this topic to us too. So it was kind of funny that we were all three kind of thinking the same thing and then and then my buddy over at Metalcore Highlights suggested it too. But we're gonna talk about like Miles to Flames. Ooh. Yeah. And, you know, this is a band that I feel and I know that that Preston and, and you, Tyler as well, feel the same way that is really underrated and that has had a, uh, in the same vein of what we were just talking about with Screaming Evidence, has had a really big uh, growth journey in their music from, you know, album to album. And I guess that I just want to hear, you know, from you guys first when it comes to Moths, you know, what is your what was your initial thought when you first started listening to them and then as you started following them, you know, Tyler, I know this is your personal favorite metalcore band, so you're going to yeah. have a heyday with this one. And they are easily one of my favorite favorite bands out there right now. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, why they're so underrated and just kind of how they're they they've really honed their craft and and continue to get better album over
1: album. Yeah, so for me, um, you know, we've talked about it a few times where it was really when I first started hanging out with you guys that um, I started diving into metalcore, and one of the first bands I came across, and this was this was four years ago or, or so, yep. and and with that, Apple Music I feel like had it's the been option. Longer than
2: that for some reason.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it was around then, and maybe four and a half years ago, something like that. But I would, I would look up bands that were were heavier bands, more along that, that metalcore, and I would go to similar artists, and I would just start diving into similar artists, and it would eventually take me down this rabbit hole because back then, Apple Music didn't do the thing that it does now where I listen to albums. And so after an album plays, it'll just start shuffling through similar artists for me. Well, back then, that wasn't something Apple Music did, so I had to manually do that. And one of the first things I came across was the Dark Divine album, Whew. and I I really loved the songs that were on it, and we've talked about it before, where I am, when I listen to music, I'm really about this song. And so, I really loved this album, and it wasn't something that I really talked about much in the group. I just kind of assumed that they knew who they were. Um, I enjoyed listening to it, but it wasn't something I listened to all the time. And then the the next album came out, and that was um, the No Eternity in Gold.
0: Yeah.
2: And was that yes? I'm looking Hold at, on real quick.
0: Was that wasn't after?
2: That's
1: the newest album. Dark Divine right. was before right. that. Yep. Yeah,
2: and so there were a couple albums before oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that okay.
1: that album came out and I remember being album. at work and Preston yes, twenty twenty Preston and I had a discussion about it because it had just released. Preston listened to it. He sent it to me. I listened to it. And we had this discussion and I kind of made up a story in my head. okay all right so this this is interesting so listening to the dark divine album the songs are amazing but the production quality just wasn't and i really didn't compared to nowadays compared to to to, nowadays yeah no eternity and gold even even their their stuff before that album was dirty as fuck it was better but i i really didn't listen i really didn't dive into that yet and this new album came out and i'm sitting here thinking like I wonder if like people just gave them a bunch of shit for their their last album not being very heavy or not sounding like super uh-huh. heavy and seeing where metal and the the kind of industry was was going where everyone's starting to get heavy um and they were just like, "Well, fuck you guys. We're going to do it better than everybody." And so they just came out with that album with no and just and literally shit on everybody else and, and out there. The, the that EP was the first out that,
2: al- that that was the first album they had signed with UNFD as well, if I'm not
0: mistaken. E- I think you're correct in that. And, yeah. and reason
2: being, funny enough, we talked about it last show. The way I before that
0: they were with Rise Records. Okay, so okay. they went from Rise to UNFD. Yeah, so seventeen and twenty.
2: So the way I had delved into No Eternity and Gold, that album, um, we talked about it on the last show, but almost every night before I go to bed, I lay down in my huggle. I I put Get my them head- motherfucking headphones on. <laughs> I swear on. to God, if Bro, you that's don't-
0: metal as fuck. You in a huddle huggle with headphones on? That's metal as I fuck. I swear,
2: man. And um, so I had listened to like Miles of Flames before, um, but for whatever reason, back then they didn't do it for me like. The We Came as Romans, the Memphis Mayfire, and whoever else Back had. Back when did. those dudes were legit I, metalcore. I can't explain why. Um but when I was laying in bed one night, that No Eternity in Gold album had dropped, and I heard the Anatomy of Evil. And I it had the similar production style to a band like Polaris, who is my we've said it before, but my my Ankyler's favorite band. Um But it had that refinedness, but also um girth and the guitar tones it was Um, so so thick yeah it punched you straight through the chest hit you in the chest and that whole it wasn't just one or two songs i kept listening through the whole thing and i'm like holy shit this fucking album is the real deal right and then of course i brought this brought this album to the guys or maybe kyler had already heard it i'm not sure but i know i had sent it to tyler and then as Time went on. Me and Tyler had had discussions, and we got back into the Dark Divine album. And I was pissed at myself because I'm like, "How did?" Because I knew of the song "Nowhere Left to Sink" off of the Dark mm-hmm. Divine album. It's a jam, and I know if I'm not mistaken, that's the song that kind of catapulted those guys. Um, but I was pissed at myself because I'm like, "Why did I not realize how good of a fucking record Dark Divine was?" Because the songs on that's those are the best songs those guys had wrote. They're to amazing. Me, those songs are amazing. Um, but something about the production and the refineness and the girth of the guitar tones and everything else, No Eternity and Gold, hit me like a freight train.
0: But it made you dive back into Dark Divine. Yeah, oh yes. So yeah. I I'll take credit for being the, the one out of the three of us that discovered moths. So back in when, when when Dark Divine dropped in two thousand seventeen I had just graduated college and I was still farming and it was harvest and we were, we were in the fields and I was, I was just, you know, I was in a machine, I was in a cab all day listening to music and you know, Tyler, you do the same thing. You're listening to a band you scroll down to the bottom of Apple music and you see similar artists, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I had listened to every fucking song I had on my playlist by this point. It's November. We're almost done. And I'm looking for some new music. And I don't remember who the artist was, but I scrolled down to the bottom and, and Like Most of Flames was one of the similar artists. And I clicked on them and they, was, they had just released the Dark Divine album. And I, I, the first song I heard was Nowhere Left to Sink. And uh-huh. I was like, holy fucking shit, this is incredible. And I just put that, that album on, on shuffle, on repeat for the rest of Harvest. And that's all I listened to in the cab of that tractor was Dark Divine, that album. And I became obsessed with those guys. And I sent them over to, to you guys. And, you know, I was in love with it. And well, but you did send I, it to me because well, I don't think we were hanging out at that point. I don't know, know if we were hanging out at that point yet. I think that was like right before. It was. So, I loved it. But I agreed w- I agree with you, Preston. And I thought, man, I just, I just wish those guitars had a little bit more behind them. I wish that the production was a little, the mix was a little better. And then they dropped No Eternity in Gold. And I'm like... I mean, it's almost fucking deathcore, how heavy that album is. And I was... It was a lot.
2: Mm. Yeah, to me, it was a lot. It was mm. something about it, and I cannot put words to it, but Listen, something we about are, it was l-
0: different. Listen, guys, we are working on... We, we got a good buddy of ours who's a lawyer. We are working on being able to play clips in this pod without getting sued for copyright infringement. So bear with us. We'll get yeah, there. Definitely. Growing pains. <laughs> Go ahead. Bruce.
2: No, no. Re- I was just saying that something about their style, specifically the No Eternity and Gold album, um, it was different than whatever else was out there at the time. And I don't know why it was. I can't put words to it. We would have listened to Polaris, Polaris at the time. Yeah, but they had just it's put somewhat out dichotomy. Similar to Polaris there, it too. Was,
0: but we didn't know it at the time.
2: Yeah, but it was different than th- what I was listening to at yes. the time, but because of the production and everything else I had already mentioned. Like I said, it hit me like a freight train,
1: and I was all in. All in, man. So, I mean, for me, the reason the reason I pick Like Moss to Flames as my favorite metalcore band, and, you know, over the last few years of, of really listening and diving into even their older stuff, <laughs> as... As far as like the songs, man, they write some of the best they fucking do. They songs. They really do. They do. Yeah. And their song structure is immaculate. I know you guys, you know, for you guys, Polaris is your favorite metalcore band. And I put like Moss to Flames just a notch above them just because of their songwriting. Mm-hmm. I think their songwriting is amazing. I think Polaris is maybe more talented individually correct and yep, i agree I they so. they have some super creative songwriting and and they're incredible all around but i think the songs that like marlos to flames puts together is just a touch better yeah and that's yeah.
0: completely fair and and i will not argue with you at all there just because the standpoint of moths is able to do so many different things when it comes to emotion and and we talked about that a lot on episode two about just the emotion of songs and whatnot and when you think about a song like nowhere left to sink and then you think about a song like god complex they're completely different i mean god complex is one of the heaviest metalcore songs i've ever heard yeah, I kind of want to rip my throat out
1: just thinking yeah. about it. So uh,
0: the, the the guy I mentioned, Metalcore Highlights, posted a, a TikTok the other day with the song uh, "God Complex" on it, and Did I he stab someone. No, it was that scene from the I think the movie an or the movie for
1: a better TikTok J- video.
0: No, it was just listen, just wait. Did
1: you ever watch the show? <laughs> Did you ever watch the show The Boys? Nope. Uh, The Boys. Yeah, so yes, was, yes, yeah, yes. Okay, so
0: Homelander, right? You know the scene where he like does the laser vision and cuts like. 80 million fucking uh, yeah. people in half. Yeah. He put God complexes like, cut off the land. Like uh, that part. He put that, o- that br- he put the breakdown over Homelander massacring people. It fits. And I wanted oh, to, Metalcore highlights, bro. That's metal as fuck. That's metal as fuck. I wanted to throw my phone metal through the Metal as fuck. And so it was just, I I just, that's, that's probably my favorite, I don't know. Ugh, there's so many good songs on. on Mine's no Ameliorate. An oh, that's off not, of that's, No Turning a, That's off the EP.
2: I think mine is still Anatomy of Evil. Anatomy, but Killing What's Underneath Killing What's right Underneath
0: there. is probably my favorite. But God Complex just sends me, bro. YOTM's really good, too. Yep. But anyway,
2: so like. Year of the Moths.
0: Yes. So, or the Moth, maybe. Year of the Moth, yeah. Yeah. So that whole album is a no skip. They had two yes. no skip albums in a row. Then they put out a no skip EP.
2: Yes. and I'm like that EP is. Legit. You know how ra-
0: you know how rare it is to to go banger after banger after banger, and and literally not have any skips. That is why I have so much respect for a band like that.
2: And Polaris, They're that's just, why we love Polaris, Polaris same, so much. They're I'm just the same, a metal machine. Era, single
0: song. They are a metal machine. They are just a metal machine. That's probably yep. the best way to describe some of these bands we talk about. That's that a are good just, way to put it. That are on a certain tier. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and era, oh, I, wish, I wish I was on that tier. Same dude. Era tell is one us. of those bands for me too. Okay. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a that's a that's a metal machine. Their latest album was the same way, and I'm not trying to stray from from moths, but what I don't understand is is and, and Metalcore Highlights mentioned this too, is why are they so underrated? You know, you don't hear a ton That was of people, my hot take. That was your yeah, for sure. Is is you know, we you you talked about my hot take that Dark Divine's technically really the better album, yeah. but because No Eternity and Gold has better production, it ended up being the better album. So we've we've ruined both of our metal heavy metal hot takes good thing we have a good one from a tiktok uh follower so we got a good one to cover but and i'm sure tyler i think you've got a pretty solid thought i thought you mentioned but um yeah i, I don't i don't maybe that <laughs> you're you're I, good luck topping last week bro because you about made us cry so i might but, make us cry again fuck around <laughs> so I don't understand why they are so underrated. And, and maybe people listening would be like, well, fuck, they're not underrated. They're killer, dude. And and you're right. They are. But they're not but on
2: the level of a fit for a king, a Memphis Mayfire. August
0: Burns Red. Or at least like it. it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it. Polaris is the same way. They're not on that level. No, they're not. In, in the eyes of the masses, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to piss off some people here, and that's fine. I do it on TikTok every week. There is metalcore and then there's fucking radio core, okay? So if you are a radio core fan, I Prevail, Ice Nine Kills, Beartooth, Bring Me The Horizon, a Day to Remember. New Bring Me The Horizon. Yeah. New Bring Me The Horizon. Not death metal, Bring Me The right, Horizon like right. like Chelsea Grin, that Suicide Silence, novel. Amity Affliction. Amity Afflictions another, yeah, any of those bands th- if you're a fan of those, that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that. We were. We used to be fans of yeah. those bands. Those bands are radio core. Metalcore, you know, quote-unquote metalcore has become a fad. It, we and said we that I last think we show. said it last show. Yep. And that's great. I love that more people listen to it. But those bands, especially Beartooth and I Prevail, I fucking hate them so much. Do you and really? I, I can't stand them. I can dig
2: into Tooth some of their stuff. I Their vocals are... Beartooth's, Tyler and I have had this conversation. Beartooth's
0: vocals are so bad, it makes me want to cut my own wrists. But... Um, <laughs> I swear to God. The, the, hey, so,
2: Moths and Beartooth are from Columbus.
0: Yes, they are. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> people also don't realize how many great metal bands come from Ohio. We talked about that before the show. But so if, if, if you Ohio. are a fan of, of Radio Core, as I call it, and yes, I know I'm probably pissing some people off, but again, this is just personal opinion. Don't take it too seriously. That's fine. But but don't try to compare bands like I Prevail or Beartooth to something like Moths era Polaris periphery veil vale of Maya they're just not on the same they're level. not on the same talent level because they're they are not writing like I, I dare you to go listen to a periphery mm-hmm.
1: instrumental
0: just listen to one of the periphery songs, and I'm not a huge periphery fan at all but they are so musically insane that it just melts your fucking brain Put one of those songs up against a, a a Beartooth song or an I Prevail song with no
1: vocals to just listen to the music You'll be told you tell me who's more talented. So I I guess to to speak on it a little bit, I'm a fan of uh Beartooth up until their most recent album. I didn't think it was very good. It, yeah, I did not um, like it. But like some of these these bands that you may coin as radio core You know, I do like them because they write good songs. Sure, absolutely. And to me, they sound good. Like, I like the rawness and kind of the punkiness of of Beartooth um, that they kind of lost with that last album. The punk element was big. Yeah. That was really cool. For me, it kind of goes back to what we talked about on the first episode with some of these kind of pop formulas and the psychology around... The masses of music listeners and something like Beartooth is going to appeal to a a wider range of of an audience than like to Flames is. And that's that's the sound. That's the style. It's it's all of it. But when when you listen to the songs and, you know, some of the the musical elements in a like to Flames song and then match it up to like I Prevail or um Beartooth or some of these more poppy more popular bands. Um they just far surpass it. And it's because they far surpass it that they're not getting the recognition that um they should yeah. because yeah. most listeners out there don't dissect music to the level that People like us do. People like us do. And that's not And the listeners most likely as well. For sure. If
2: they're listening, that's probably what they do. And that's not me
1: trying to sound like an elitist or anything like that. Or a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, Please please don't get this twisted.
0: We are not shitting on you if you like these bands. This is just our personal opinion.
1: Yeah, because I kind of like them too. But it's it's some people think deeper into the music than others. And for me, I'm one of those people that think deeper into it. And what... (laughs) what like master flames does what polaris does what era does what these more elite um bands do is just kind of over the head of the average
0: listener it's it's the music craft right it's the it's the song structure it is the ability, or maybe not even the ability, but maybe the willingness to push the boundary of what a traditional song sounds like. Mm-hmm. And and I, I always go back to them, and they are not one of my bands that I listen to, but Periphery is one of the best examples of pushing the boundaries of what, what music is.
2: They've been doing it a long time. And
0: they have, and at a very high elite level. Yep. And and bands like Beartooth and A Day to Remember and, and I Prevail... They have captured a fantastic market. They are incredibly successful because they're so easy to listen to because they focus on traditional song structure and production. Well, hey, go
2: ahead. No, just very similarly compared to Nickelback. In yes. the Was it second episode? Episode yeah, two. Yeah, yep. episode two. It's kind j- j- of it's out of jealousy. It is. It's, it's out jealousy. of jealousy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, it's like I wish
0: I could be as successful I loved as I prevail. a
2: band like Amity Affliction. I we absolutely love, love those dudes. dude Pittsburgh and all that album, whatever that was Seeing Ghosts, I believe, uh, was the album. Th- well, there was that one, but then was there was Pittsburgh and whatever that was with that. Um absolutely loved it. And then as my musical palette had um, expanded. Expanded, that became old to this me. This could be
0: Heartbreak is the album you're referring to after y- Yeah, that was, was Let's was was Go. chasing ghosts let the ocean take me and this could be heartbreak we're incredible yeah they were good they were really good
2: yeah and um as time had went on dude it's like i don't want anything to do with that yeah i don't want anything to do with that anymore and that's not anything against those guys by any
0: means they are incredibly talented they are incredibly smart and they, they found their niche. They found Just their like niche. Just like Nickelback, a band Those like Nickelback. Those dudes sell out massive shows yep. all the time. They have made a lot of money. They have a ton of fans. And the bands that we, especially you and I, Preston, yeah. and now Tyler, you know, getting more and more this way too. Great. The bands that we love don't have that. You know, they, they don't have the huge, massive following that some of yeah. these, like the coin I termed, radio core bands have because they're... They're not, they, they, they don't want to go with the herd. They don't appeal to the masses. No, they appeal to. They're
2: completely okay with it as well. They are
0: absolutely. Norma yep. Jean's the same way. Yes. Norma I, Jean's been doing this shit for 25 years. I think that's half the reason why I love them. Me too. Because yeah. they're like, fuck you. Don't play me on the, fu- don't play us yep. on the radio.
1: Don't, don't. T- We're going we put are not a fuck in every song just to make sure you don't put it in the radio. Fuck ex- you. Exactly we We are a a band for music
0: enthusiastic people who dissect every fucking aspect of a three and a half minute song mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of these bands that we listen to do, and that's why we are drawn to them, I think, because as musicians ourselves, we appreciate that depth of talent and willingness to push boundaries correct yep yeah and and if you're not one of those people. There ain't a damn thing wrong with that. N- nothing wrong with that at all. Not at all. Because nope. and I. This is probably the third time I've said it. The bands that I was just talking about that I call Radio Core are still, we all listen to. We all. all I want to be them honest. At one
1: point. Most of the people that that listen to Screaming Evidence are not those people that dissect music no. to a high degree. Exactly. No, they're not. Yep. They're not. Yep. E-
0: even though you guys write, and especially nowadays, are writing some really complex shit. But people haven't gr- used to, no. but
1: now now I, we, well, we kind the of o- are. But it's still, it still got the same listenability that exactly. our old stuff did. I yes. don't
2: think our stuff is that complex, like a, especially the new Periphery album. The shit I've heard on that, which we will cover in episode four. <laughs> so we will be covering Periphery. <laughs> in episode four. It's not anything like that. But I think the just musical style has changed. Mm-hmm. I think the the song structure has pretty much stayed the same for the most part, but. The musical style
0: has definitely differed. Oh yeah. Um so what it boils down to is is Mo- is like Monster Flames is one of the most um talented and and you know
1: Chris is a badass. Yeah, he is. And they're amazing lives. Their music craft mm, is
0: mm. is so above average and and shout out fish. Creative and you 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 come up with the term, but they do something for, for me and for, for you guys that not a lot of bands do, and that's why I think they they when they come up on the playlist you're 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 cranking that shit it's up. It's a no skip. It's, it's, a a no skip. skip. Yep. it's
1: a no skip. So it doesn't even matter what mood I'm in. I listen I yep. listen to a lot of alternative and softer rock. And Shit, we do too. Xbox twenty, bro. I'll be, I'll be in the mood listening to like Commonwealth or movements, su- movements or something like that. Thrice. And then I'll just kind of shuffle my my entire playlist, and then you know something like that'll come on, and I'm banging. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So I will encourage you guys. If, if anybody, if any of our listeners out there um, haven't listened to uh, like to Flames, um, please go check them out. If you're into Um, you know dissecting music and and really appreciate musicality and and musical talent and from each level of the band i encourage you to go check these guys out and 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 start wherever you want in their discography
1: is that how you say yes discography Um, remember we're from the sticks y'all yeah we're from southern (laughs) ohio i'm sorry so he was talking about being in a fucking tractor 10 minutes ago yeah uh
0: I'll tell you what I do for a living I'm a precision agronomist if anybody knows what that is let me know because I doubt very many of you do so <laughs> yeah from the sticks so if you guys are into bands like Era bands like Periphery bands like Polaris I mean any of that style of, of metalcore go check these guys out if you haven't already you're you're really going to enjoy them I promise you that so um, okay Let's move on to what seems to be everybody's favorite uh, segment: heavy metal hot takes.
2: Everybody likes to piss everybody off. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> what the fuck? I know, right? So, but this one's this one's this one. I don't really know if we can consider it a hot take, but it was a great point that this this follower, um, you know, suggested, and and I want to shout him out. It's at Danny fifty four.
2: What's up, Danny?
0: What's up? Danny, thank you so much for this submission because this is a great topic, and it goes back to the community that we were discussing. And he basically said, you know, the notion for years that metalheads are uneducated devil worshipers. And I think... Hail Satan! <laughs>
2: that's a... That, <laughs> the hey, that's a periphery Is that where Hail Satan!
0: <laughs> Hail yeah, Satan's as a I'm periphery As i sitting here line. with Psalm 23 tattooed on a shirt... Satan.
2: Hell stand, yeah.
0: As I sit here with Psalm 23 tattooed on my right arm, across tattooed on my left arm, across around my neck, I really feel this one. I am far from what you would consider a hyper-religious man. And I'm not going to get religious on this podcast because I'm the type of person that I don't give a fuck what you believe. You are entitled to believe and feel whatever you want. It is not my place to tell you what you should feel what you should believe in, what you shouldn't believe in, who you should love, who you shouldn't love. I don't care. I have my beliefs. Everyone else has theirs. But I'm a God-fearing man. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I am a fucking metalhead till the day I die. I love it. And this concept that metalheads are...
2: Shout out wolves at the gate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, elite Christian metalcore band. Mm -hmm. I mean... That's a whole other topic that I, I want to discuss on a later episode. Is Christian is Christian metalcore, um, because it's a fantastic subgenre. But oh, it's this amazing. this notion has been around since the early seventies. Yep. That metalheads are uneducated devil worshippers, and it started with bands like Kiss, like Black Sabbath, that were very. Even the Beatles were considered demonic. Yeah. You know, isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah, back to the '60s. So this this idea has been around for decades, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Because if you really dive into metal and all of its subgenres, did you guys? I know you guys did, but did you listeners out there know that As I Lay Dying is technically a Christian metalcore band? One of the fucking heaviest, most gnarly, disgusting. Metal bands out there. August has Burns Chris, Red. Christian Metal. Straight up Christian Metal. Yeah. Core, Memphis Mayfire. Great guys. Ms. Memphis Mayfire is another one. But some of the, the heaviest fucking bands that you, you guys listen to. Oh Sleeper. Oh Sleeper. Yeah. Oh God, I love Oh Sleeper. Are Christian metal bands. There is so many Christian influences in this genre that it's not funny. And, and the, this, this, this idea... You know, started with you know back in the sixties and seventies. These kids were listening to rock and roll, and their parents and grandparents called it the devil's music because they were listening to fucking yep Liberace and boogie woogie and shit like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure. I don't even know what that is.
0: And Liberace was a piano player. He was okay. he was actually <laughs> probably the greatest piano player of all time. But that's besides the point. So you know that that generation, the the boomers, if you will were were of the belief that that rock and roll was the devil's music and all of this satanic imagery and you know you've got Gene Simmons on stage dressed like a demon and spitting blood and Black Sabbath you know the name alone sounds demonic and the the, the lyrics and the imagery and the the just it was it was so different from what that generation biting heads off of bats biting the yeah for sure but whew, that that's generation pretty, that's metal as fuck <laughs> that generation was just not used to that style of music. So this, you know, you have, you know, in the 80s, you've got the um Tipper, you know, the, the lady's name was Tipper Gore that was going as Al Gore's former wife was going to war with metal music and trying to get basically get it banned or at least labeled uh, to warn people about its its content because. They believe that it was it had demonic influences. You have D. Snyder from Twisted Sister testifying before Congress about how listen, we're just writing music that people can relate to and have fun. It has yep. nothing to do with the devil or, or Satanism or anything like that. So, you know, I I have always been a firm believer of it and you know, it's two thousand twenty three and I still hear this today. Oh God, you listen to that screaming shit, that fucking devil kill the babies music. And I'm like, You really need to listen and my dad is one of the... I love you, dad, but...
1: My dad is one of those people that's like, all oh, that
0: fucking screaming shit, you devil music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why don't you go Google the lyrics to a song? hmm and, and it's like reading a book. Read tell the, me you can't relate. Read the story that it's telling you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you tell me that that fucking radio country music you listen to on a daily basis talking about girls and trucks and beer and all this bullshit is telling you a story. Yep. So... My two cents on it, Danny, is is I agree with you. It's a stupid-ass notion that's been around for 50, 60 years, and it's getting better because the, the, the genre has such a big following and fan base, but I think we will still always have somewhat of a negative connotation, and that's fine. I'm cool with it. I Let, I really, let us be outcasts. That's fine. I, I'm, I vote, yep. I, I'm perfectly fine with being an outcast. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. Y'all shouldn't give a fuck what anybody thinks about you. So, boys, I'll let you touch on on what you think about and i didn't touch on the uneducated part so why don't you guys dive into some of the uneducated piece as well
2: when you say uneducated you mean
0: well that his comment was the notion that metalheads are uneducated devil worshipers and i'm not he you know i'm not exactly sure context-wise what he means by uneducated but when i think of that statement i got how, it how you got it tyler how
1: i got how it. people? tyler's worship-
2: smarter than me so go ahead yeah,
1: go ahead red so i mean on the Uneducated side of it. Look, if you are educated in music, and you know, part of my musical degree was I I did, I I done a few, um, um, you know, music theory classes up to I went three levels deep. And I will tell you now that metal music uses more musical concepts of you know true composition of music Mm -hmm. than almost any other genre (laughs) out there you are hitting it on the head dude look yeah i have heard it said multiple times that metal is just classical music with distortion and guitars and speed well not even speed well i mean back then it was fast too yeah there was there was a lot of fast stuff there but it's it's this i you know if you're going to if anyone tries to tell me that metalheads and metal musicians are uneducated musically, look, I understand there's a lot of them out there that go off of just the pure um ear of it, you know, they're just listening and and playing what sounds right. But without even realizing it, the 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 style, the genre of music demands that you use musical elements that a lot of other genres really are not using. Dynamics, melody, harmony, and song structure. And, I mean, the list goes on. Rhythm, time signatures. How many fucking pop songs do you hear in seven, eight time? It's the same. You'll never fucking hear it. It's all four, four. Yep. You don't even hear pop songs in three, four time. Yep. Dude, I write in 3/4 time like it's a hobby. I fucking love it. Yep. And to so to say that metalheads are uneducated is absolutely some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard because they are 100% some of the most educated on music theory out there. And you know, to kind of continue my take on on the message, look, I have a constitutional right to worship whatever fucking God or Satan I feel like wa- worshiping. <laughs> yes. So if anyone, Praise wants Allah. To say, if someone says, hey, you know, you're fucking devil worshiping music and blah, 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 hail Satan, <laughs> I'll, fucking, I'll fucking throw a hex on you, bitch. Like... <laughs> I used to lean into that shit, I'll, dude. Look, I'll like, sacrifice a fucking goat to watch you <laughs> puke your guts up for 24 hours. Bro, Shut used, the fuck up. I used to
0: lean into that shit because it pissed me off so much, right? I used to get so bent out of shape about people saying, ju- judging me on on the music that I listen to. And again, it goes back to the stereotype thing. You're a fucking country boy. You come, you come from a farming background. You should be listening to country music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? what? why the fuck do i why should i be listening to that over what i actually like why should and thank god my dad introduced me to to metal right even if it was 80s metal, it was thrash metal my dad's a big thrash metal guy
1: so good
0: man yeah for sure big mega wonderful man big mega death guy thank you but my dad introduced me to that shit and you know no my dad doesn't like metalcore he doesn't like unclean vocals completely okay and that's fine he's an old older dude it's all good but he still cranks up fucking metal music yeah you know i my dad didn't fit that stereotype my dad was going to fucking hair metal concerts in the 80s
2: i think what's cool about it i hope i didn't cut you off but really quick what, what i think what's cool about it is to us and probably the listeners as well to a lot of people metal hard rock and rock music is a mood to them to us it's a fucking lifestyle.
1: It's a dude. lifestyle. Well, that's dude. because yeah. that's it's that's our, how a lot as, of people as, as listen people to music. use as an it's, insult. Yeah, it's our whole personality. Exactly. A lot of people listen to music just just for the background noise, and that's that's why. Yeah, it's that's why it's a mood to them. Country music is background. That's noise why when for me. you upload music to Spotify and stuff, you you have to literally mark what you feel the mood of your music is. While you're doing that, because that's how a lot of people listen to music is is what by mood. mood, and and that just goes into which we
2: can we do as well, but not right. as much I would say.
1: Right, but
0: we don't use especially metal or rock as background noise. Right, mm-hmm. it, it, there's certain bands or groups or artists that I have in my playlist specifically for background noise and if i want to do that if i'm cleaning or if i'm working in the garage or doing something like that i go to genre country shuffle because i'm not paying <laughs> and I, I love country music not radio country music but anyways i have specific music for that if i'm in the mood where i want to sit and i want to dissect music and i want to feel <clears throat> i want to experience music i listen metal Mm-hmm. I listen to rock. I listen to alt rock. I listen to new, I don't care what it is. It's in that genre, that realm of music. And it's because I understand it. I'm a musician myself. I, I take inspiration from those kind of bands when I'm, I'm playing guitar and I'm, I'm, I'm doing different things. So if, if that makes me uneducated, then I don't know what the fuck you, some people qualify as educated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and so I guess I guess to finish my my take on the hot take is I myself am not a religious person at all. Um I'm very much the opposite. I I don't get into religion. I don't get into um, you know, Jesus and, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up with it, but it didn't really make sense to me. Sure. But To try to put a religious label on someone for the type, based solely on the type of music they listen to, is some of the most ignorant Mm. shit I've ever heard. So to say that I'm uneducated because I listen to a style of music literally makes you ignorant as fuck. Yeah. And so the hypocrisy there, to me, is quite humorous. So anytime someone has, has said anything like that to me, I'm just immediately in my head saying, you are ignorant and uneducated for saying that. So there you have it. You have
0: someone like me, who is a follower of Christ, and someone like Tyler, who does not feel the same way. And we both agree on the uneducated. And we're all best fucking friends. And we're all best friends. And that's what, that's what music could, because you know what? You know how many conversations Tyler and I have had about religion? Zero. I don't give a fuck what he believes or doesn't believe. He don't give a fuck what I believe or doesn't believe. And that's how I think everybody should be, but we're not going to get political. But it goes back to the whole thing of music is a brotherhood, and it is a community. And metal fans, rock fans are so far from uneducated that it's laughable.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. have to be religious to listen to Wolves at the Gate and no, and appreciate and it and love appreciate it. it and love it and just. I mean, honestly, their music is so fucking good. It's it's tempted me to be like, is is Jesus my boy? I love God. <laughs> like, is, I love God. Is Jesus my boy. I mean, am I am I fucking with Jesus?
0: Uh, hey, are stop they? fucking with Korean Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't got time for you. Yo, problems. He's busy with Korean shit.
1: You just sit my A D D ass on a tangent. <laughs> so Preston, t- tell us. What do, you, yeah. what do you think of that statement? Do you think we're uneducated devil worshippers?
0: Um
2: not at all. Yeah. Um I'm very appreciative
0: that was it Danny? Like da- Danny Hudson. Danny,
2: yes. yeah. Danny had brought that up. And because, let me
0: clarify, Danny feels uh-huh. the same way we do. He he yeah. he opposes this notion that we are mm-hmm. uneducated devil worshipers.
2: Yeah, I think something about metal music to all of us, including the listeners, um, but as well as us three, something about it, it related to us at a time and place in our life, um, that for me, it was just about personal experiences that it, I don't know, as cheesy as it sounds, filled a void for me, um... And with that void, that metal music or even rock, hard rock, whatever. Sure. It just, it was, there's a space that was filled for me. And I didn't give a fuck what they were singing about, what they were talking about. It was how the music, and I said it in the last episode, it was about how the music made me feel.
0: And the perfect, I mean, that's a perfect example from you because you came from, okay, so before metal, before rock. Yeah. You're listening to rap yeah i'm listening to country predominantly yeah and i'm listening to predominantly country mm-hmm. and here comes this genre of music that brings you and i together at a very young age mm-hmm. and made us best friends because i mean we played I had somebody to talk yeah. to it about we i mean we played sports together and all that but, yeah. but at the same time it's like bro our dads used to cart us to each other's houses so we could jam yeah and 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 even before
2: jamming together but
0: yeah exactly so we could just listen to fucking music play video games and listen to fucking metallica records when we were 13 yeah or 12 you know it was just it was it was something that two dudes from completely different backgrounds came together on because the way that a genre of music made us feel and we instantly were like that was what was missing from my from my as cheesy as it sounds my life yep and and here we are pushing fucking 30 and we're we're still feeling that oh wow I feel like something's missing. Click turn turn this on. I know what's going to fix that. Yep. You know turn on
1: distance. Oh
0: god. <laughs>
2: that's I a whole nother fucking realm and we already delved into it <laughs> my buddy Metacore,
0: Metacore highlights was was talking about distance and, and he said he said yeah y'all said that and i, I had to go listen to it uh, so. see i bet he cried too. so yeah. it, it goes to show if we hype
2: up something somebody goes and listens exactly I, so I'm, i love so
0: it. i think we're all in agreement, uh danny that we agree with you buddy it's it's a stupid ass notion that's been around for decades i don't think it'll ever go away but you got to get comfortable with it thrive in it it's all good who gives a fuck what people think? Go
2: to go to a rock or metal show. Do what and what I Look do. at all the types Do what of I do, and,
0: and and again, I'm a, I'm a God fearing man. But when I roll down the street, and there's like a bunch of like church people out in front of the courthouse, like preaching and shit, I'm playing I, limp Bizkit. Yeah, I, no, oh no, 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 no. I'm playing like fucking Arch Enemy or some death court shit with the windows rolled all the way down, and the music cranking, and, and I'm fucking headbutting the steering wheel. Yep. Because it scares people. It makes, and that's why I think a lot of people don't like metal is because it makes them uncomfortable. It scares them.
1: Good. Good.
0: Stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Stay, you, it's if it's if mine. gonna be that way. It's
1: mine. Stay away from it. You're not allowed to have Gatekeeper. it. Gatekeeper. You're not allowed to have it. <laughs> Boomer core Hey, none of y'all listen to metal because that's my shit. Exactly. So that was a great topic. So,
0: Preston, you and I have kind of already talked about our hot takes. Tyler, I think mm. you're you're going to take us on a journey here. For I, I have a slightly different oh, one you got, now. You but got one? Go ahead. Tyler's go ahead. is well, going to be really in this depth. Was, so. This
2: was brought about during the live TikTok before the show. Um, Which, thank
0: you to everyone that joined. Be yes. sure to join us next Sunday, too. That was Definitely. fucking kick-ass. Go ahead. Bruce. Definitely.
2: Um, But I got to thinking, because we all listen to different kinds or wh- all these subgenres. I'm sick of hearing about sub-genres and music, or, or rock or metal, excuse me. But I don't know if that it would be considered a hot take, but do we realize or do people realize how fucking heavy Breaking Benjamin really is?
0: No. They don't. They don't. Not, not especially not traditional. The real like elitist gatekeeper metalcore guys. They they think that Breaking Benjamin and and Godsmack and and all, Crossfade, Seether, Shine Down, what you name it. But especially Breaking Benjamin because they they are took one of the it names. over. They they consider them divorced dad rock. That that you know that 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 radio rock that we talked about. But Breaking Benjamin has like five or six albums that are no skips. And they are heavy as fuck. There's some of them that that are just, ugh. I mean, disc, their guitar tone is so fucking punchy and <laughs> gain. All, what did we say about Slipknot earlier? Gain, all of it, all of it, and yeah, all the gain. And not only that, but Breaking Benjamin writes incredible songs. Ben Burnley—that's mm, the biggest part about him is the songwriting. Yep. He has such an identity. You hear a Breaking Benjamin song, you know it's them. Yep. And I love. Breaking Benjamin. I remember jamming. The, that was my favorite band. Them and Godsmack were my favorite bands when I was in like second and third grade, mm-hmm. and so I, I just I, I identified with them at a really young age and just kind of stuck with them throughout. And I think that Breaking Benjamin especially gets lumped into just like you said a stupid ass subgenre that they don't belong in, and they don't get nearly enough respect for how heavy they really are.
1: Yeah, and I mean even as individual musicians, each of them are really fucking talented. And I mean, we as, as Screaming Evidence, we learned so cold. Um breaking Long Benjamin overdue. <laughs> way overdue. So we we've been compared to Breaking Benjamin almost since we started with the electric side of things. And so we finally broke down and said, we're going to learn a Breaking Benjamin song. We landed on So Cold because it's it's so popular. We know that everyone's going to know it.
2: But it's also, it also has elements also, of love. But it's also,
1: it's almost, you know, difficult to play. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it's been a challenge almost for us to put it together, um, partly because we haven't uh, had an opportunity to practice it enough, mm-hmm. but... It was one of those songs where, <clears throat> you know, for me to learn the bass part has has taken me a minute because that dude's not just playing a few notes. Yeah, that dude is is doing some some cool shit. And what's hard for me is being able to do that and do the backup vocals. Yeah, so it's it's pretty difficult for us to play. Uh, to to some extent, it's not the most difficult song that we play because we have originals that are harder to play than that, but. I mean, as far as them being considered soft, it's just because they were on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing yeah. with Chevelle. Yeah. Oh God. Chevelle yeah. is yep. Chevelle. fucking nasty. I love Chevelle. Yep. But they're a three piece. So we could do a whole. Ep- so crossfade. Yep.
0: We could do a whole fucking episode on Chevelle. Yeah, they're yep. only
1: doing. They're they're only able to do so much and they were also somewhat forced to be more radio friendly because they were signed with major labels Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the whole thing of selling records and getting out from under record contracts and being able to, you know, the whole conversation we had on, on the first episode. But, you know, one thing I appreciate about breaking Benjamin is even though they never really got soft, um there was a change from their first couple of albums uh or their first three albums um into like some of the stuff after that. What what was that one album, something Dawn?
2: Dark before Dawn. Dark yep.
1: before Dawn. I was not a I was not a fan of that. I yep. felt like they got a little soft on that. Yep. And then they came out with this most Ember. recent album, Ember. And it is fucking nasty. Yeah, it is. The only thing keeping it from being a metal album is he's not screaming. Hot take, I love Dark Before Dawn,
0: but I got a little soft side to me.
1: I think we all do. No,
2: I think the coolest thing to me about Breaking Benjamin was um from what I remember at least, you had bands of course we all love Three Days, Grace, Stained, mm-hmm. Shine Down, um Chevelle I'd lump in with Careful Breaking with Benjamin. We All. Um, yeah, that's true, but shined uh, and there's bands I'm forgetting, but it was like once breaking, breaking Benjamin came on, they took it all over. It was breaking Benjamin and then all those bands underneath them.
1: Once the, you know, phobia hit, it was, it was over. Breaking Benjamin was the top band in that realm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it was just
0: cool to see how. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I was just going to say that of the bands that you just named, because I think they're all somewhat comparable. But when I think of Shine, and, and just full disclosure, I'm just not a fan of that subgenre anymore. But I was, and looking back, when I think about Shine, Down, Seether, Three Days Grace, Creed, and Benjamin, oh, careful now.
1: We all love Creed. I'm saying it. Right, careful now. I, I wouldn't lump them in, and into that's a the big time group, frame that we're talking about. Creed, and everybody Stained knows and that. All of them. That's a yeah, big you time could frame go like
0: ninety five to 2015, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. You know, but fucking and Scott Stapp and Scott Stapp, we trust. Mm. Um, but Breaking Benjamin to me was easily the best band out of all those guys. And yeah, because when I hear Three Days Grace, my buddy Quentin is going to hate me. But every one of their fucking songs sounds the same. Every goddamn one of them. And Yeah,
1: I see what you mean. I'm a big fan of their earlier stuff with Adam Gontier mm-hmm. instead of
0: Matt Walst. I like mm-hmm. Matt Walst when he was with My Darkest Days, but um Yeah, Breaking Benjamin for me was just closer to Godsmack and I loved Godsmack and I know a lot of people hate them and that's fine, but they were just so heavy mm-hmm. that I was just drawn to them more. And, like, Ben Burnley's scream was, like, haunting. And (laughs) it was, bro. And I'm like, oh, this is so fucking different than what I'm hearing on 99.7 The Blitz. You know, and yeah. and and they were getting radio play, and I'm like, these dudes are fucking heavy as shit. Everybody loved them, and Everybody. I would, I would. And I saw them live, and and they
1: put on an incredible show, so that just like added to it. I would stack their drummer against I'm most. So glad you mentioned against that. most metal drummers out there, and I would put money that he is a better drummer. Yeah, so yep.
0: fuck he, he he might be the most talented member of the whole band. He's a musical. bad motherfucker. That's a bad... Ben Burnley is a hell of a fucking guitarist. hmm And the fact that he's able to play those fucking sweet-ass riffs that they do and sing at the same time with that vocal range and screaming and all of that he does is mind-blowing to me. But their drummer is, like, Neil Peart-level.
1: And shit. they're... I don't know about that that far, but oh, he's 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 a bad motherfucker, and their bass player is no bitch either. No, no, he can, he's kind of a bad. And guy. it all dude.
2: comes back to songwriting.
0: Oh,
1: for sure, yep. dude,
2: they write amazing fucking songs.
0: You want to amazing. talk about ballads? How many of those motherfuckers do they have?
2: Fuck, dear agony! I mean, from oh God, a ballad standpoint, dear agony's, standpoint, is dear agony's amazing. Um, I mean, I know there's. A do you remember their
0: song? It was on the movie 300. Blow me away. Blow me. <laughs> that song! Yep. I swear to God, I listened to that song six fucking million times. I thought I was King Leonidas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, what, I was ready to <laughs> this
1: is spotted. I mean, drop kick somebody into yep. a
0: well every time i heard that song and there was just so many of their 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 jams that i i just listened to on repeat and when i was a kid and that just kind of followed me into adulthood so i have the utmost respect for them and that was a great point out of you preston i think that a lot of uh people don't appreciate how heavy they really are
2: well and, and even myself because as time had went on and i had got into all these other bands that was a band i slipped away from yeah. And it came back to it, and of course, probably once we started covering "So Cold," which is an amazing it fucking you, it song, is, and it
0: probably made you go back and start listening to it. Yeah, and like, it Man. was like, holy <laughs>
2: shit, this band! I've never lost that love for them. Yeah. Never. There's other bands that I have, but Breaking Bad, always, always right here, right, right there, right there. Yep. <laughs> say which right in the chest, right in the no, chest.
0: No, I agree a hundred percent. That was that was a that was a great point out of you. Um, I think that they're they're one of those timeless bands if you will that they did it
2: better than anybody
0: else at the time to me yeah to us so it it's definitely one of those genres that was oversaturated with bands there were so many of them at that time that were doing something so similar but like and i'm not saying they're you know bands like Seether, shine down three days grace all those bands that i consider in that 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 same genre or subgenre don't have timeless songs, but the volume of hits yeah. that Breaking Benjamin has is just second to none. So I think that was a great point. Tyler, I know that we, we, uh, we, we gotta get rolling here. You have something that you want to cover, and you got a big ass smile on your face right now. And your your hot take last week was enough to make a grown man cry. So I'm and full <laughs> disclosure. We don't know what the fuck he's about to say. He d- he does not tell us these before the so show. Look, so look, I uh, mm-hmm.
1: you know we we have a little sheet here written down to give us a little structure through the show tonight. And next to the hot takes, you know, there's. There's one for Preston, one for Kyler, and we accidentally already touched on them. And next to mine was a blank. And I was like, shit, what are we going to talk about? And as the show went on, I I thought of a discussion that, that we've had before, <clears throat> and I don't know how deep we went with it, but it's a very interesting take on music in general. Okay?
2: Oh, Shit.
1: So uh, it's the pause, and then he paused, and then looked at us like I'm about to. He rock took a your breath shit. off to
2: the side of the microphone. So right?
1: look, <clears throat> my hot take is that I believe heavy is a feeling, not a sound. Preston's hype fuck right is fucked right now. Losing his <laughs> shit. Tyler <laughs>
2: explained this to me probably two or three years ago, and when he explained, not when he said it. I understood it. He didn't have to explain it because of stuff that we listened to together. He said it and I explained, or, and I knew it from the get go. I understood it.
1: Yeah. So to kind of put some context around this, I I understand that, you know, some songs are going to sound heavier than others simply because of, you know, the heavier distorted guitars, the punch, the drums, all these things. But when, when you really think of music in in the way that we have described it on this show, it's about feeling and, and the emotions that are invoked through the music. And I will say there are, you know, look, metal is not the, the most popular thing that I listen to. I listen to a lot of alternative. I listen to hard rock, soft rock. Um, I even listen to you know, a lot of these genres you probably wouldn't expect of me. And with that, there are parts in some songs that are not metal at all that are heavy as fuck. And what I realized is it was the feeling that I, that was invoked when I heard that particular part that was so fucking heavy. And you know, I think of this and I'm like, the only difference between what this is that I'm hearing and turning it to a metal song that is fucking disgusting is some heavy distorted guitars and a drummer going nuts. And so I will say that heavy, you know, when we're talking about music, heavy is a feeling. It's not a sound. And and I think like Moss to Flames was a great example. Their Their album, uh, The Dark Divine, nothing about the production or the sound of that was heavy, yep. but there were parts in it that were just fucking gross. And so it was the feeling that I, I felt when I heard that part or I heard that song that was just fucking raunchy. It was heavy as fuck. And there are other things that I've listened to that again, aren't very metal and they really weren't intended to be metal in any way, but because of the chords and, and the harmonies, uh, the eerie harmonies that they'll, they'll put in there or something like that, that'll just make it feel really heavy or, you know, they'll have the bass guitar turned up and, and be, you know, riding something there, um, that just makes it feel really heavy and i literally mean the weight of it yep the weight of this song is heavy
0: so i'm gonna i'm gonna translate everything that you just said and that i'm about to say so let's say you're having a conversation with somebody and they're like man i just i'm in a dark place um, I'm 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 depressed, I'm not feeling myself, I'm not, you know, they're being vulnerable about them, or their mental health, or their family, or their relationships, or whatever it is. What do you typically say to that person a lot?
1: That's heavy, bro.
0: Man, that's heavy shit, dog. That's Mm -hmm. heavy, man. What do you mean by that? It means, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of feeling. That's a lot of emotion. So when a song is heavy it's not simply because it's a hardcore riff or a killer breakdown
1: or the gains all the
0: way up or the gains all the way up <laughs> all of it it's because it makes you feel the music it makes you feel the, the weight the the power and the emotion behind what is happening At that point in time in that song, how you interpret it and how you are relating to it and the 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 thought behind it and the thoughts that it it animates in your brain. So. You put it perfectly. You know, heavy is a feeling, it is not a sound. And think back to what we just said about Breaking Benjamin. A lot about what we were just saying is because of the feeling Mm -hmm. that so many of their songs invoke, not just because, man, their fucking tone is great, or that that their drums sound amazing right Mm -hmm. there. It's because so much, like, go listen to Breath. Go listen to Dear Dear Agony. Dear Agony is so fucking heavy. And it's not because it's incredible tone or anything like that, or some wild riff. It's because the passion and the emotion behind that song. And I want everybody listening to this to sit back and think about a song that really makes you distance is heavy as fuck. Distance is heavy as
1: fuck. Yep. Go back. Everybody listen. We should just try to get that as our theme song. Distance? <laughs>
2: I hope to God everybody went and listened to Distance after the If you the haven't, show. please go, do. Please.
0: But, but, but seriously, everybody listen. I want you to, when, when you're done listening to this, I want you to go and find a song that makes you feel certain things. And I want you to listen to it again. And I want you to think about what we just said. And then at the end of that song, you're going to be like, damn, that was heavy as fuck. And it's going to have a whole new meaning for you.
1: If If you can almost physically feel the song pressing on you. It's heavy. Yep.
0: I couldn't agree more. Yep. But and and we're not going to we're not going to go any further on that because I really want you guys to experience that for yourself. I want you to
1: Well, we haven't heard
0: Prestons.
2: I I honestly do not have anything else to add by uh, or other than when that was explained to me, I immediately understood it. Yeah. And it was never explained to me that way.
0: And now you I look at music it. completely differently. Yep. And and
2: dude, there's songs by Thrice that are some of the heaviest shit yep. I've ever heard because of the feeling.
1: Yep. And the, I think sorry to interrupt, but going. I I think the reason we had that discussion is I was trying to get you into some exactly. of the softer stuff that I listened to yep. and help you find the the piece of it that you can appreciate yep. that's that was kind of your gateway into listening to that exactly. stuff. Exactly. And yep. so because you you then understood heaviness as more of a feeling, you started listening to some of the stuff I was sending you like thrice and stuff, and being able to appreciate that piece of it, now you're open more to what else they offer.
2: And I think a word that would describe heavy in regards to a song would be space. The amount of space in a certain part of a song makes you realize that it's heavy.
0: It's it gives you time to compartmentalize and analyze space. Yeah, yep. Distance.
2: <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Here we go. So,
0: and with that, Kyler, what we got? Yeah, guys. So we I'm telling you, we keep we keep trying to say, ah, we'll keep it under two hours. We get close. Uh, last time we didn't keep it under two hours. I'm not sure if we're going to keep it under two hours this time, but the reason for that is, is all good guys. And and if you hang around all the way to the end of the end of this show, we appreciate the shit out of that because you know, we're, we are not here to just give you short little, you know, stories and inputs. No, we're here to take deep dives into music yep. and the stories behind them and the emotion and passion that we have uh, towards them. And I know that our, our loyal listeners that have been with us since day one, um, feel the same way. And we appreciate the shit out of you guys for that. So, um, as always, I I usually end the show with, you know, some, some shout outs and some music recommendations for some, some up and coming artists. And, and one that I came across on TikTok, I actually came across their guitarist, Jake. Uh, the band is called crooked Royals and they are out of New Zealand. Um, so these guys, if you are into bands like periphery, um, you know that, that have means... incre- monuments is another great example because Jake, um, reminds me so much of John Brown and and Jake. That is a compliment in the highest form, um, because he is so talented and inventive and 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 writes some of the most mind-boggling, uh, riffs and harmonies and melodies that that I've heard in a long time. Um, their songs "Counterfeit" and "Glass Hands" are really what I'm hooked on right now. So, go check out Crooked Royals. Um, they're, they're, uh, on Apple music. I know that for sure. That's where I listen to my music. So go check those guys out again. They're, they're out of New Zealand and, and God damn it. Are they talented? So I also want to shout out, um, a band called, um, a farewell to fire, a farewell fire. Excuse me. Um, one of their, one of their guitarists, uh, his TikTok handle is at Eddie makes sounds. You know, I just came across him jamming on TikTok live one night and this motherfucker absolutely shreds. So I went and checked out their band, and, and again, man, if you're into that that old-school metalcore vibe, uh, that kill-switch-engage, all-the-remains type feel, go check out A Farewell Fire. Those dudes absolutely Sweet. fucking shred. So make sure you go check out Screaming Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> shameless and, plug again. <laughs> shameless plug. Always. And again, a shameless plug for my TikTok channel, at uh, Smoke2013. Give me a follow. Come hang out with us uh, live. Before we record the pod every Sunday evening. I think we're gonna to try to, to go live on TikTok every Sunday evening, uh, from now on. As always, send us your requests, your feedback. If you listen to the pod, give us a rating on wherever you listen to it. Give us feedback. We want to hear from you guys what honest, you think.
2: True be, feedback. Yeah,
0: be be transparent, yep. be open and honest with us because we want to make this as best of a listening experience for all of you guys. So thank you so much to everybody. That's tuning in and we'll we'll tune in in the future. And uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, a lot of big things coming for for us. And then that means for you guys too with the, the, the finalized rebrand, website, merch, theme song, all of that. So thank you guys so much. And until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots and we will see you next week.
1: Peace, love, dove.